We're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 1. And uh, can everybody hear okay? Yeah. Marlon, can you hear? Okay. And uh, just making sure because it's kind of far out there. My voice doesn't project really well, but I'm trying. And so we're outside this morning. And um, so I'm learning new skills of how to project my voice <laughs> through a mask. <laughs> Praise God. Everybody there? Acts chapter 1. All right. So if um, I'll start reading, but I may call on some of you to read. So pay attention and stick in there with us, okay? The former treaty I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he threw the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Let's stop right there for a minute. So does anyone, we're, I'm trying to stick with the Bible study you know, format, so I don't want to preach this morning. We want to talk about um, the Bible. We want to see what the Bible says about what church is who the church is, what does the church look like? So we're going to be talking about this and, and moving into the next part of 2020 and all this lays before us, the unknown things that lay before us. You know, it's, it's never known. We never knew what was before us, right? And God, like uh, Sister Alice always said, God, nothing is a surprise to God. So he's not surprised about these things that are coming. And his people really, I notice, we're not shaken. We're not so surprised. A lot of people that don't know the Word of God or who haven't studied the Word or don't pay attention are surprised. But we're not really taken by surprise. And he, he lets his prophets know. He lets his people know through his prophets and through the Word. It has to line up with the Word of God. He lets us know what's coming. Amen? And so, praise God, we're not shaken by it and we're not terrified by it. Hopefully, we're not losing sleep over it. We should not be losing sleep over it because we, we rest in Jesus Christ. We put it all in his hands and trust in him for all that, that lies before us and, and the time and the things that we're in even right now. So as we look at the book of Acts and it gives us an idea of, it shows us what was happening right after they had, their world had been shaken. Their world was turned upside down. All the expectations they have for Jesus turned out to be a little something different, didn't it? They thought that Jesus was going to take rulership and be the king then. And he did, but he didn't do it the way they thought it was going to be. Amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several meetings, and uh, Lord willing, is about the, the first church and what it looked like and what are God's expectations for us as a church, as a body of Christ. Amen? So um, looking at those first three verses, does anybody have anything they want to bring out or ask about it or comment? I guess it would have been fair to let you know we're going to be reading from the book of Acts. Huh? <laughs> okay, so while you're looking at it and thinking, I'll, I'll just keep talking so we don't have a lot of quiet space. <laughs> um, if you look in the book of uh, Luke or if you are familiar with it Luke chapter 4 verse 1 and 18 he talks about um, that's when Jesus began to teach the disciples um, and to do and to teach in the power of the Holy Spirit 
So number one, first thing, the church should be doing and teaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? <laughs> you can move the chair a little bit so you can see better if you want. Okay, my husband's leaning around the things, <laughs> this banister, the railroad tie there so he can see me. All right, so um, the Holy Ghost, we know that, right? And really, if you think about the book of Acts, and it's, it's, we're told the book of Acts is about the Acts of the Apostles, right? It's really, it could be entitled the Acts of the Holy Ghost, right? Because it's the, they couldn't do anything without Holy Ghost. We can't really do what we need to do without Holy Ghost. Amen? And so we're to be filled with the Spirit, His Spirit, to be led by His Spirit, to be endued with power from on high. And that's why Jesus told the disciples to go and wait. We haven't even gotten to that part yet. Um, so we can we, we the book of Acts is really a continuation of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we believe that the book of Acts was uh, penned by... The, uh, by Luke, he wrote down the things that happened and recorded them for us to study. And Luke was um, a pretty much of a detailed person. He looked at things in a, would you say, a clinical way to really expound on things and to show you what's really happening. So that, that's a good thing. Amen? Um, let's see here. Somebody else? I heard somebody's voice speak up early. Marlon, did you? Theophilus, was that in uh, Greek? Greece? Um, Theophilus is actually one of his uh, disciples, and um, it was a Greek name, right? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, so Theophilus. Theophilus was a, one of the disciples. Uh-huh. Or uh, somewhere, where was he located? I believe, uh, this is a good question, Stone. <laughs> Where's Theophilus from? Do you remember? No. Not off the top of your head. I, I be, but I believe it's, it's definitely a Greek name. So somewhere in Greece, Grecia. And his name does come up again in other places, I believe. We actually studied this a couple of weeks, months ago, several months ago. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. If you notice, when we begin to read, uh, as, and I'm sure most of us have read the book of Acts, right? Yeah. And when you begin to read through the book of Acts, you'll notice that they, <laughs> that they are um, doing a lot of the same type miracles that Jesus did. Now, didn't Jesus tell us that it would be that way? That these things and greater things you shall do? So the things that Jesus did should be multiplied through us. Jesus was one, but we are many. Right. And so when you have lots of people that are, um, I guess, in leadership school, they teach you, you should duplicate yourself. Well, Jesus mastered that. Amen. He is the master of it. And he duplicates himself in us when we are led, filled by and led by his spirit. When we're Christians and we're filled by and led by his spirit. So um, and being a Christian means being born again. And I'm just saying that so, because we're on recording and this will probably go on our podcast so you must be born again before you can be filled with the holy ghost amen amen um <laughs> the holy spirit uh reproduces the life and ministry of jesus through the church and um 
all throughout the, the book of Acts and the way that the book of Acts is written and the things that we see there, it just keeps reiterating the Holy Ghost and the works of the Holy Ghost. Um, let's look at, um, well, I mean, we could, we could go down and break down throughout Scripture and go back and look at um, even Second Timothy 3.16 and, and all these different verses, 1 Corinthians 10.11. He shows us over and over again the importance of and the working of the Holy Ghost all throughout the entire Bible. And it's more so in the book of Acts, right? And because he's teaching us what the church should look like, what you should be. And when... when um, you ask people today and you, you look and see what other people are saying. You know, there's a lot of people type stuff up and put it out there on the Internet. And when the when the first uh, the lockdowns first be, uh, started happening, a lot of people were saying that thing where they say um, the church has left the building. The church is outside the building. We are the church. And those are all true statements. Right. We are the church. But what does that mean for the, this building? This building is also a church. It's a meeting place. It's a place where um is typically thought of of Christians coming together and joining and they meet in a meeting hall and therefore and it became called a church back in the day it was also where they had town hall meetings group uh, family meetings different you know whatever the community came together they would come together in this building called a church and that's where things happened <laughs> but it's also where the church of Jesus Christ the born-again Christians would be would meet Amen. The followers of, of Jesus. And then, um, yeah, so I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. So any other questions about this part? One through three. So this was um, right after Jesus arose. That's when mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. That. Amen. So Jesus, uh, Jesus arose after he had been with the disciples for 40 days. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, he had been with the disciples for 40, he rose, and then he was with the disciples for 40 days. <laughs> so he, he was crucified. Let's go through the whole thing. He was crucified, dead and buried. He was in the, and they thought he was in the tomb, but he went into, uh, took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. And he went into hell and preached captivity captive, right? So he led them, led them out. And, um, man, the dead were raised from the ground even, and were walking around. People saw dead people walking. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. He is the resurrection power. And um, after on the third day, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared to Mary and then Peter. Yeah. And then, <laughs> making sure I got this right. And then, um, and then he appeared to the disciples later on. And then he stayed with them and fellowship with them. We talked just the other day about the road to Emmaus and how they didn't know him at first. But when we see Jesus, when we begin to see him, you know, that's a, re a recurring message the Lord keeps telling us. If we, when we begin to see him for who he is, when we begin, it's not seeing him with the, your eyes. You're, you're beholding him with your spirit, with, the, with your soul. When you begin to see him and know him for who he really is, that's when things begin to happen. Amen. And so they... Um, he was with them for 40 days, and then he ascended into the heavens. And But before he ascended, he told them to go to the upper room and tarry there and wait, right? So they went there and waited. And how long were they in the upper room, scholars? What's Pentecost mean? Penta means? Right. It was 50 days after. So Jesus was with them for 40 
So 50 minus 40 is 10. 10 days. So they were in there in the upper room for 10 days, correct? Dr. Driggers? Right, huh? <laughs> Can't see his mouth either. So they were there for 10 days and they were praying and seeking God and they were all in one accord. Now, does that mean that every single voice was praying the exact same words? No. Does that mean that they were all eating and drinking and breathing on the same rhythm? No. But they were all in the upper room and they were all seeking what the Lord, right, seeking God. And they were all waiting for what Jesus told them was going to come. Did they know what it was going to look like? Uh-uh. Did they have a per, an idea maybe? Maybe they did have an idea. Well, I wonder what this is going to be like. One person might have thought it was going to be, I don't know, differently. you know. And then somebody else on the other side of the room might have thought in their mind that it might be differently. But they were all in one accord, meaning that they were all in obedience to God, Jesus, telling them to go to the upper room and wait. They were all in obedience by staying there and praying and seeking God's face and seeking the will of God. Amen? They were all submissive and obedient to the Spirit. And they didn't wonder whether or not they shouldn't be there. They knew they should be there. That's being in one accord. When they didn't wonder, should I be over at someplace else? Maybe I should have went with uh, those guys Judas was following. Maybe I should have went with those guys that Peter used to run with. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I should be at the synagogue. No, they knew they were supposed to be there because they knew they had heard from God and they were obedient and submissive to it. Amen? So they were there and all in one accord. And, um, and that's when it starts getting good. <laughs> all right. So um, I wanted to read just a little bit more um, on my notes here. All scripture, including the historical narratives in Acts, has um, a teaching, a theological significance. This is confirmed by two facts. The first fact is that a biblical declaration that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's from 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is what? It's good, right? All scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And it is profitable, it is good for doctrine, for reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness from 2 Timothy 3.16. The second one is that Paul's statement that the Old Testament historical narratives have a teaching and instructional purpose. That is from 1 Corinthians 10.11. That he maintains that these stories are examples with practical, real life, and theological relevance for the believer. Romans 15.4. And what is true for historical narrative is in the Old Testament is also true for Acts. All right. And then um, Luke's inspired record of the history of the early church provides a definitive pattern for the Holy Spirit's activity to be followed during the church age. How long should we follow the Holy Spirit's leadership? Right, all the time. Amen. And throughout the church age. Are we in the church age now? Yes. Are we in the end times now? Was Peter and Paul and James and John, were those guys in the end times? Yes. Because after the New Testament, when the New Testament became the New Testament, 
when the New Testament church became the New Testament church. In other words, after Jesus' resurrection, that's when the end times began. Amen. People are saying now the end begins. No, it began. Because when you read the scripture and you see Peter and Paul and they say, it's happening right now. They said, they said the Antichrist is here now. And that was then. How much more active is the Antichrist now? Amen. And people are looking for a man in a black suit. <laughs> huh? Some kind of beast to rise up with the horns. <clears throat> Sorry. A definitive pattern of the Holy Spirit's activity is to be followed during the entire church age. Information for developing a doctrine of the Holy Spirit and revelation about how the Spirit's ministry must relate to the lives of us believers in Christ. There are two elements in this book, the book of Acts, that are theologically and practically um, normal, or they, they recur over and over again, and that is the baptism or the filling of the Holy Ghost, the promise of God for who? The Holy Ghost is a promise of God for who? Yes, for all believers. Amen. Every single one. All of us. None of us. Did he just say, okay, you get the Holy Ghost, you don't. You get the Holy Ghost, you don't. No, he doesn't say that. He says it's good for all of you. He wants all of us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It may be revelational to some people. It was to me when, it, when, it came, when, I, when I began to see it. When I saw Jesus and I saw the Holy Spirit and I realized it's not for just random ones. When I received the Holy Ghost, I was praying, Lord, if it's for me, I want it. Because, and, and I didn't know it was for everyone. Larry's mom, um, I think she said the same thing. Lord, if this is real, because the church she was going to didn't preach the Holy Ghost, but she saw Holy Ghost in the Bible. She, she had seen him in, at, at work. And so she said, Lord, if it's real, if the Holy Ghost is for real, I want him. And that's when she was baptized with the Holy Ghost. So I'm here to tell you right now, he's for you. Amen. It is for you and your children and your children's children. As many as, as far off, as many as will. Amen. Whosoever will. If you'll be saved, then be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. Amen. Praise God. He's for everyone, for all believers. And you can look at uh, Joel chapter 2 on that one too. If you want to see where he, where he was promised. Man, I have a whole list of scriptures here, but we'll skip skip reading those off, just numbers. The Spirit's numerous activities that provided the church with the standards of righteousness, witness, and power that God desires for his people in the last days or in the church age. And that means that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not just so that you can speak in tongues. Amen. You need to pray in tongues. Amen. Amen. You need to build yourself up in the most holy faith. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray and worship in the Spirit and worship and pray with understanding also. But you need also, and the world needs, that's why, why he filled you with the Holy Ghost, is to be an active and effective witness. Amen? We are to be an effective witness. And so that, that where people are saying the, the, the church has left the building, that's what they mean. Let's go share Jesus Christ with the world. We need to be sharing Jesus with everybody. And you can't do it with a checklist. I've had people come to our house and they have little notebooks. and They have a little plan. And they have things that they've been trained by rote memorization of what to say to you. They've been trained on how to overcome your objections. Just like business plan. And so you say, um, let's see. 
I, I, I can't think of any other things they, they say. I'm thinking uh, in, in the business world, they tell you um, to overcome their objections, right? And so that's the same thing they tell them when they go out to witness door to door. But you be ready to overcome this objection. Objection. So they, they train them on this list of things that people are going to say. Well, they'll say, oh, well, I already go to church. I already have a church. And then they'll come back and they'll say, well, we are, you know, let me show you that the Bible says that we, that they're whatever cult they belong to is the church. Right? Or they might say, and I've watched videos where, they, where they're doing this. I've watched Larry and usually, and God will give him something that's not on their list. God will give you something that's not on their list. Why? Because he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. They think they're wise in the ways of man, right? But the, but the Holy Ghost is wisest of all. And so that's when we become an effective witness is when we let him speak through us. And he knows exactly what that person you're talking to is dealing with. He knows exactly what they need. And we cannot effectively witness without Holy Ghost leading us in what to say and how to respond. Amen. It's not in a book, on a notebook paper. It's, it's in the Bible, but it's alive and activated through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Everybody good? Am I talking too much? <laughs> Y'all are allowed to speak up. Raise your hand and say something. Um, verse 4. Somebody want to read 4 through 8? Loudly. Okay. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, he have, he have, he have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and he shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Glory to God. I'm shouting words right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mm. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus showed himself alive to the disciples. He showed up and he let them see him. He let them touch him. He let them, he told them things and, and, and opened up their understanding to them. As we saw in uh, the last chapter of, of Luke, where he opened up their eyes and then he opened up their understanding. And now here they're, they're being obedient and they're waiting for the promise. Go up there, go to Jerusalem. Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which saith ye, ye have heard of me. Wow. Jesus had already told them. He had already explained it to them. He had already prepared them for this. Sometimes God prepares us for things, shows us things, and, and, and layers things into us, and we don't even realize what he's doing until it all comes to the top, 
like the cream rises to the top. It all comes to the top. All the good stuff rises to the top. And you realize, wow, God, you've been doing this all along. Wow, you showed me that. You put this here. You put that there. And now, now I get it. That's when we see Jesus. That's when we behold him. That's when, when the Holy Ghost is, is revealed to you. Does that make sense? Or the Holy Ghost is revealing something to you. It's when it, all the layers all seem to come together. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. The gift of the promised Holy, uh, that, the, that the Father promised was in uh, Joel chapter 2. And um, he told them that in those days he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. In those days. In these days. These days today. Still yet. He is still pouring out his spirit. If we would seek him and expect. Do what he says. Amen. Amen. They were simply being obedient. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The fulfillment of the promise that is described as being filled with the Holy Ghost. Thus baptized with the Holy Ghost. And filled with the Holy Ghost are used interchangeably. So sometimes you'll read baptized with the Holy Ghost. In another place you'll read filled with the Holy Ghost. He's saying they're baptized with the Holy Ghost. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? Same thing. So don't get confused by that. It's not God is not the author of confusion. And I, I, I continue to be amazed that when we read the scripture, and the Holy Ghost leads you through the scripture. And he reveals things to you. The confusion is not there. And you talk to people that are out in the world or that are not saved and they read it and they're confused by it. It's not confusing. The Holy Ghost is never, ever, ever confusing. He never confuses us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit should not be identified with receiving um, the Holy Spirit as being regenerated. So when someone is born again, that is not the same thing as being filled or baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is important because there are denominations out there that teach that when you got saved, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. That is not true. You, when you got saved, you were regenerated by, you were born again by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you may have felt the Holy Ghost. But you weren't filled until you have the evidence of the speaking in tongues. Amen. And that's provable throughout the scripture. We'll probably get to that as we go. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My glasses keep fogging up. <laughs> My little reading glasses. Um, let's see. Verse 5. With the Holy Ghost. The preposition with, this is, you know, a little English lesson here. So the word, the word with there is a preposition and it modifies uh, another word around it. So that word with is the translation of the Greek word in or, and is translated as in. So you could say that for John truly baptized in water, but ye shall be baptized in the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So just giving you that. That a little, little bit more of an understanding of the wording there. You will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Is likewise baptized with water. May be translated like I just read it. So we see that when you go down in the water. And you're baptized in water. You're submerged all the way down. All the way down in there. And we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. He submerges us in, you know, into his, his baptism. His baptism. And so it's like... um. I like to explain it like this, that when you have a, a cucumber, it's a cucumber. But when you, and, and you can dip it, dip, 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 and have a little salad dressing, it's still a cucumber. It's got some salad dressing on it, right? It's not a pickle, right? 
It's just a cucumber with some salad dressing on it, but you or vinegar on it. But you can take that pickle and submerge it into that vinegar and leave it there and let it saturate and let it soak and it becomes what? It becomes a pickle. Amen. And now it is no longer a cucumber. It is a new thing. It is a pickle. Right? So now you got a new thought every time you eat a pickle. You might think about the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's right. That we are baptized in the Holy Ghost and it's meant for us to not go backwards. Amen. It is meant to be his seal upon us. Amen. His the the Bible says gives us uh, teaching that that we are sealed by the Holy Ghost until his return. Amen. He is that seal, the seal of God. If we will allow ourselves to be baptized and forever changed by his spirit. Amen. Is that good? Amen. I receive it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And then um, skip on down to verse eight, unless anybody has any other questions. Okay, we're going to go to verse 8, and I'll read that one again. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He didn't baptize them and change them, and he didn't save them just to stay in their hometown. Amen? And you'll see that when, when, you, when we get on down into the second chapter, that there were people from all over the world there gathered in Jerusalem that day. And they became witnesses to the uttermost part of the earth that day. Amen. But he, he said, don't forget and don't forsake your backyard. Don't forget about your family and your neighborhood. It was all-inclusive. Jesus doesn't leave anybody out. Everybody is welcome to come and repent and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. This is the key verse, verse 8, to the book of Acts. That is the key verse to this whole book. The primary purpose of the baptism of the Spirit is the receiving of power to be witnesses for Christ so that the lost will be won over to him and taught to obey all that Christ commanded. Not just to get people saved. Amen but also to teach those people, to make disciples of them. Didn't that what Jesus said? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we are to not just get them saved, not just get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but to get them saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and teach them. How? By the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Amen. Otherwise, you're just making proselytes of some religion. What's the difference? There is a good religion. There's a such thing as a good religion. Amen? And there's a such thing as false religion. And there's a lot of it out there. But the Bible teaches us that we have a, a pure religion in Jesus Christ. Amen? And you can see it. It will bear witness of himself. Amen? Anybody? Got anything else? Okay. All right, let's talk about power for just a minute. He says, you shall receive power. Power, and I think some of our Bible students can tell me what that is in Greek. What kind of power? It starts with a D. Dunamis. Dunamis power. And that dunamis power is the same word that's like dynamite. It's explosive power. 
its power. Oh my goodness, what does dynamite do? It explodes and it destroys things. Amen? It busts things open. It tears down walls. It destroys edifices and buildings. It 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 it, it, it breaks chains. Sometimes they you have they they'll set those uh, we we knew a guy once that was uh his job to set the dynamite and had that line run all the way over here and he you know they get down behind a barrier or whatever it's called and they they plunge it down and it blows stuff up. He was from Alabama and that was his job and you would think about the power of dynamite to break every chain, amen, to tear down walls, to tear down barriers, to set people free. Amen. We're not blowing people up. We're setting them free. We're blowing up that bondage that's built around their heart, the hardness that's coming around their heart. It's not us. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we go in the power of the Holy Ghost and we witness in the power of the Holy Ghost, people will be changed. They will be set free. There will be no question about it. Amen. Moses told Joshua that the people will not be able to withstand your word. Amen. And that was back then before the Holy Ghost. When Holy Ghost speaks, people's lives are forever changed. They are faced with a choice, an opportunity to make a decision right then and right there. Amen. Praise God. Dunamis power. It means more than strength and ability. It designates especially power in operation and in action. The book of Luke um, emphasizes that the Holy Spirit's power Included the authority to drive out evil spirits. <laughs> to drive out evil spirits. And the anointing to heal the sick. Praise God. Bondage is broken. Sickness broken. Obliterated. The Bible says that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, was made manifest to destroy the works of darkness. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And the anointed to heal the sick as the two essential signs accompanying the proclamation of the kingdom of God. Two essential signs that should accompany us as a church. Demons cast out and people being healed. Amen. We're not seeing much of that like we should. But guess what? In this day and time, we should be, we're going to be seeing more of it. Amen. And God is preparing you and me for this right now. Get into the word, seek him, pray. If the Lord leads you to fast, fast and seek his face. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. And let him teach you all things. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're gonna see more of this coming to pass. The release of the Holy of the the release of the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts in and through the believers' lives, cause them to witness with all boldness, as we're going to see, with great power and with many signs, wonders, and miracles, and with great results. Luke here does not relate the baptism in the Spirit to a personal salvation and regeneration to the power, to the power within the believer to witness with great effect. He makes sure that he makes the, that differentiation between being born again and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Spirit's principal work, his number one work in witnessing and proclamation concerns his coming upon believers for power and his testimony to Christ's saving work and resurrection. 
So as we think about these things, and he said, you shall become witnesses. You shall be witnesses. The baptism is imparted to you to give you that power to overcome and to to walk in the spirit and to be an effective witness as the church of Jesus Christ, not of the Latter-day Saints, of the church of Jesus Christ, the real church, the true church. We are to be effective witnesses. Amen. And sometimes that will mean the Holy Ghost will lead you to say, I, I, I feel like maybe, or do you have some pain? You know, is there something going on? Can I pray with you about something? And, and maybe he'll even tell you exactly what to say to them. Mm-hmm. I've seen people, um, I'm just thinking about Larry's dad. One time they were in a diner. He'd love to go eat breakfast somewhere. And they were in a diner and the, the people there kind of knew them. They were, you know, they come in and out. It's a little small town. And um, one day he just felt led to tell this young lady something. I don't remember exactly what he said to her, but he said something in just three or four words and she started crying. And that was his opportunity to witness to her and lead her to Christ right there over breakfast. Amen? Man, that's powerful. It's worth going out to eat breakfast. (laughs) If the Lord leads you, be obedient. Amen? Sometimes he'll tell you to do things that you think are odd, but you be obedient to it and let him lead you. He will in- increase your effectiveness and the witness um, as you are led by the Spirit. The more that you're led by the Spirit, the more effective you will become. The more, So it's kind of, I don't want to call it practicing, but that's really what it is. It's like getting on a bike and riding that bike. And the more you ride it, the better you become, the more effective bike rider you become. This little little boy lives up here in the, in the hills. He's been riding a bike since the day we met him, and he was just little. But he rides that bike up and down the road across the road. Oh, it scared me so bad because he come flying across the road. And, uh, but he stops and he looks both ways. I'm honestly, look both ways. <laughs> and, um, and he can ride that bike. And he, I think he could probably jumps ramps and stuff already. And, and, um, but he's been riding that bike since he was little, little, little. I don't know if he even had training wheels to start with. Maybe not. But the more we practice, the more we allow the Holy Ghost to lead us, the more effective we become. Amen. I'm glad we're in a little video. I keep pulling my mask off. <laughs> my glasses keeps pulling my mask off. That we um, allow the Holy Ghost and, and, and practice it in different ways. Lord, where would you have me to go today? What would you have me to wear today? Lord, what time is so-and-so going to come by? Let me know when they're almost here. Lord, would you wake me up in the morning? Lord, I need to be up at 745. Practice it. Let the Holy Ghost teach you how to hear his voice. Yeah. Amen. Somebody's thinking about setting up a backup alarm, <laughs> just in case. The Holy Spirit witnesses to the righteousness and truth that glorify Christ. If we are seeing people who are saying that's the Holy Ghost or this is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost is doing this over there, and you're not seeing righteousness and purity flowing out of this ministry or that that what they're what they're saying is Holy Ghost, then it's not Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a big move in the world today, and it's been happening for, gosh, almost 10 years now, maybe longer. I mean, it had to have roots. It's probably ever since. Plus, it's going to come up on the book of Acts, isn't it? It's been happening ever since Jesus ascended, ever since the Holy Ghost came. There has been people who have tried to duplicate Holy Ghost, who have tried to sell the Holy Ghost, who have tried to make money off the Holy Ghost. That is not of God. Amen. God is not pleased with that. 
And we're going to see that right here in the book of Acts as we go forward. But we need to be careful of what we see and say and put our endorsement on and say, oh yeah, God's really moving over there. You better know if God is moving. You better know the difference between God moving on you and what he's showing you and what's going on and what you're looking at. Does that make sense? Because there's so many things even, and I'm not trying to put fear in you, but maybe the fear of God, yes. Definitely want to put the fear of God in you because we don't want to be misled. We have to be careful, and that's why we have leaders and brothers and sisters in Christ who are also filled with the Holy Ghost because Holy Ghost will bear witness to the truth. Amen? And if you have question, there's a reason that you have question. Amen? And don't be afraid to ask your brothers and sisters in Christ or your, your pastor. Ask, what do, you, what do you see? What's going on with this? Amen? All right. I could name names. The Bible does tell us to name them, so <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> All right, I'm not. I'm not kidding. So I can't say I'm kidding. Not only with words, but also in deeds. Thus, we who have received the witness of the Spirit to Christ's redemptive work will necessarily, we will manifest Christ likeness. We will manifest love. We will manifest truth, and we will manifest righteousness in our lives. A person that's not filled with the Holy Ghost will not manifest those things in their lives. You will see anger take over. You will see um, ungodly behavior. Maybe they can pull it all off while they're in the pulpit or maybe they can pull it all off while they're on screen. But when you watch them, you'll see. Amen. If you watch long enough, it will reveal itself even behind the pulpit and, and because you can't hide it. You can't hide unrighteousness. You can't hide. You really can't. It will manifest. Amen. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're allowing Holy Ghost to move in you, he will manifest even more so. um, The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the initiation point whereby spirit-filled believers receive the enabling power of the Spirit to witness for Christ. So I'm going to stop right there and we're going to ponder these things for a little while but when you think about that that last statement that i just said that the holy ghost the baptism of the holy ghost is like your initiation when you're initiated into something it's a lot of people think initiation into christianity is water baptism but it didn't stop there because jesus died on the cross and ascended into heaven so that you could be saved sanctified and filled with the holy ghost How do we know that? Because he told them to go and tarry. He promised it 2,000 years before he came that the Holy Spirit would be poured out. Amen? So we know that we know that we know that it's his will for his people to be filled with his spirit, to be effective witnesses. And the the reason the word initiation is used in in what I'm saying is because it's, it's what empowers you to go out. It's what you need to go forward. Amen? And to witness and to be the church of Christ, to be what Jesus intended us to be. Amen. All right. Does anybody else have anything to say? Praise God. Come on, let's discuss. Yes. I think it's important in verse 7 where it says, uh, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons. He's preparing them to receive the Holy Spirit. Anytime any kind of fear and concerns that blocks you from receiving the Holy Spirit. So he's, he's eliminating you thinking about these things 
let him move in you what you should do and not try to figure out what's going on today just because these bad things are happening. Let God move in you and bring you a peace that the Holy Ghost will come into you and really thrive inside of you and move and actually move you in the right direction toward heaven. Amen. Amen. We all got one destination, right? We're all headed toward heaven. And we want to take lots of people with us, as many as, as many as we can. Is every person you witness to going to get saved? No. no. Is every person you pray for going to get healed? No. Don't be discouraged. Amen. Fear not. Fear not. Don't be discouraged. He has overcome. He has overcome the world. These things are going to come. These things are going to happen. But we keep forging forward. We, have, you know, we do what God tells us to do. And we're going to hear. We want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Stone, you got anything? <laughs> He's got so much bottled up inside. <laughs> I'm glad it came to us to have these Bible studies because they're locking down those weekends. I know, yeah. Oh, Thank you. And then I guess even at night, right? Even still at night, like. Tonight, mm-hmm. we still gotta be home by eight. Yes, yep. And also, the governor, the governor of the state of New Mexico, has um, issued, um, well, you call it a proclamation or whatever, <laughs> um, that we are to every person in New Mexico has to wear a mask. It doesn't matter if you're a visiting or traveler, um, that you have to wear a mask, and that if you're coming from another state, they want you to stay for fourteen days. And if you're going, if you leave the state, they want you to stay gone for 14 days. Is that what? When you come back, they want you to stay. When you come back, what'd she say? How do they work that on the reservation? Because you know they're they're like they take care of four states basically, right? Um, well, the reservation is already kind of doing the same thing for uh, the state of New Mexico. If we're caught, if someone reports you not wearing a mask, and they have provided a hotline. That if someone reports you not wearing a mask or not practicing social distancing, it's at least a hundred dollar fine. On the on the reservation, if you break curfew, it's a thousand dollar fine. So if you're not at home at eight o'clock, it's a thousand dollar fine. And um, if you're out, if if you're caught breaking curfew on the weekends, it's a thousand dollar fine um, for new, in within the Navajo reservation, Navajo Nation. And then they're they're also everybody has to wear a mask. It's required. Not everybody's doing it, but um, Navajo Nation is supposed to be wearing a mask. You can't you can't pump gas in Window Rock if you're not wearing a mask. Don't even think about it. So, <laughs> yep. All right. That's it. We got all that on recording too. All right. Well, let's um let's pray, and Stone's gonna play us some music, and we can sing a song maybe. I'm going to go ahead and turn the audio off, recording off, because it's already at 47 minutes. <laughs> Praise God. So welcome to Bible study this morning. And um, this is part two of We Are the Church. So I, I came up with the title. Um, we did, Who is This is Our God? Or we talked about our God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now God has moved us into who, okay, so you know who God is. Who are you? 
Who is the church? What is the church? What is our function? How are we to act? What are we to do in these last days? Where are we to go? How are we to respond to the things that are happening? And um, I've said before that as um, in anything, it's always better to respond to something than it is to react. When you react, it's usually a knee-jerk something, you know, re- knee-jerk reaction. You um, you haven't thought about what you would do if something were to happen. Say, mm, if I got up and went over there and just pinched Stephanie, you know, she might she might respond, react, re- she might react and smack me, right? But <laughs> but then again, maybe her mama said no. If someone pinches you, turn the other cheek. I don't know. I'm just making this up. And so she's saying, oh, I don't know why you pinched me, Pastor, but I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> you know? So if we think about these things ahead of time, we let the Spirit, the Holy Ghost has already gone before us. God has already, he's already in front of us. He's already there. So if whatever comes is not a surprise to him, but he wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be ready to go forward. And I've, I've been thinking um, this week about... I, be, I keep telling my, my kids, when y'all go out and you pass by a gas station on your way home, go ahead and stop and fill up and put gas in the gas tank. Be ready, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The gas station might be closed. You, we don't know. There might be a gas shortage. How many of you lived through the gas shortage? Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> and wait, there was a gas shortage when I was a little girl, and there was lines and just lines and lines and lines of people lining up for gas. We had a sugar shortage. So when you had you had sugar in the bottom of the bag, you tap that bag. My kids look at me like I'm crazy because I'm getting all the sugar out of the bag still because that's ingrained in me. You don't waste any of that sugar. The the the, the cornflakes, you got the crumbs because you wanted the sugar that was on the bottom of the bag, right? So so you know we we've been through some of these things, but it's nothing compared to what we're going to go through. And so we need to be ready to respond to them and be ready. I'm telling people. You know, if you have those big bags of rice, put the rice up. I want you to share it, but I also want you to store some away and be ready. Um, in the Old Testament, Jacob prepared the land of Egypt, right? Jacob. Joseph. Joseph. I always mix up my J guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Except for Jesus. Joseph prepared the people, and he prepared um Egypt and they laid up all that food and look what happened it wasn't just a blessing to Egypt it was a blessing to Israel and his family right so we need to be don't don't just don't let us be high-minded and think ourselves to be more than we are like the scripture says we need to be humble and hear what the spirit is saying if he's saying be be ready lay some stuff up store some things away do it amen Amen. That's just a little precursor to our lesson this morning. But that's what God's lead, that's where God is leading the church because He is preparing us for what's what the things that are coming in this day. All right, we're going to be in Acts chapter one again, and we had just finished uh, part of it last week, and so we're back in Acts chapter one, and we're going to pick up in um, verse nine. 9 through 11. Would somebody like to read that? Okay. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, 
you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Did you say through 12? Yes. Oh, not through 11. That's right. I get myself wrapped up in my church <laughs> so the same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven so shall so shall shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven and we are looking we are expecting that the Lord come any day any moment there's nothing really to hold him back except he's just waiting for the voice of the father to say go and when he comes I, the, the Spirit keeps saying, when He comes, will He find faith on the earth? Will He find us faithful? Will He find us full of faith? And like we were saying about the gas tank being full, we need to make sure that our lamps are full, full of that oil. What does the oil represent? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. And so we don't, don't forsake the Holy Ghost. Don't forsake the, the moving of the Spirit. In these last days, we need to hear the Spirit more than we ever have before. We need to be more in tuned than ever before and really, really hearing what the Spirit is saying to us and be obedient to what He is saying. The Bible says um, that those that are led by the Spirit are who? The sons of God, right? So for us to be sons of God and daughters, it means, you know, the people of God. For us to truly be the people of God, we must be led by the Spirit. We must be moved about by the Spirit of God. Amen? Okay, so as um, while they were standing there, they saw Jesus taken up into the heavens. And he went up, and they're just standing there gazing into the sky. And the angels come and say, why are you standing here? What are you doing standing here? You ever think about that? What would, what would we be doing if we, were, if we had just seen our Lord and Savior? We'd spent these days with him. All this happened. We spent 40 days with him after the crucifixion. He's resurrected and we spent 40 days walking with him, learning and sitting at his feet, listening to him teach us these things. And now suddenly he's taken up into the heavens. You know, you might think, you know, I need a few minutes to decompress. I need to process what has happened. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe I'll um, take to social media and share my emotions, <laughs> what I'm feeling here. And, and I, I just need to think, maybe I need to journal a little about how I'm feeling. But the angel of the Lord comes and he says, or two men stood by them in white apparel, two angels, and said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? He's coming again. What are you looking for? What are you gazing? What are you wondering about? Didn't he tell you he's coming again? You've got work to do. There's something you're supposed to be doing, right? So then, in verse 12, they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem about a Sabbath day's journey. So they, they, they went back to the Olivet, back to the, or they returned from the mountain called Olivet back to Jerusalem. And when they were come in, they went into the upper room and where they abode with Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, 
Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So all the men and women of God were there. There were, um, Later we'll find out there were about 120 people there. I think I'm about to read it now in verse 15. And in those days Peter stood up into in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about 120 about 120 people there men and women and he said in verse 16 men and brethren the scripture must needs have been fulfilled which the holy ghost by the mouth of david spake before concerning judas which was guide to them that took jesus i want to stop right there just for a quick second because a lot of people get hung up here and they say why did david speak by the holy ghost how did that happen well, in the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost would come on the men and women of God. He would empower them for a moment. And lots of times here today, in today's uh, church world, we hear people say, the Holy Ghost came on me. Right? We are to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the commandment of Jesus Christ. Amen? That we are no longer, we're in a new dispensation. We're in the New Testament. We are in the end times. And he wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be empowered at every moment in your life. Why? Because we're in the end times. The things that David went through, that Job went through, that Joshua and Caleb went through, that Moses went through, those things are behind us. They're a foreshadowing. They're a teaching of what we are to do in these days and how we are to stand and to endure. Amen? So the Holy Ghost came on David. He was not filled with the Holy Ghost as we are to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Okay. Do, do, do. Okay, seven verse seventeen. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part with this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. He's speaking of Judas, because when Judas uh sold Jesus for the, the price of a slave for thirty pieces of silver, and he could not the he couldn't repent of it, the um Pharisees would not uh, take the money back, and it was he. He ended his own life because of it, and that's not something we should do. Amen. 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 It's not that wasn't that wasn't um, a good plan. It wasn't a good thing that that he did, but that was the choice that he made. And so here Peter is speaking of what happened. In verse 19, and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as that the field is now called in the proper tongue Akasela Dama, which is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let this habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric be let another one take. Wherefore, of these men, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Now, so he's saying, now Judas was, is gone, and he was one of, one of our, the twelve, and we need to replace him. That's what he's saying. So, um... 
so Peter's saying we need to find the the 12th disciple. Who's going to be the 12th disciple? Verse 23, and they appointed two Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed, and they said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. So they didn't just choose these two guys out because of popularity. They were led by the Spirit, and, and they chose these two, and then they prayed again and said, Lord, show us which one. That he, verse 25, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, they actually cast lots in prayer, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So the twelfth new apostle or disciple was Matthias. Okay? So... This is showing us that how everything that we do should be in prayer. We shouldn't just say, you know what, I really think that Matthias, I don't know what, what he might have been good at. Let's just say he was really good at, at cooking. <laughs> and so, you know, Matthias is really good at cooking. Judas, you know, he used to make some really good bread, and we need somebody that can really, you know, Judas liked the bread. And we really need to get somebody else in here that can make some good bread. I'm just kind of making this up, right? But they, they chose, no, they didn't. They didn't choose him that way. They didn't say, we like, we like the way he wears his hair or he plays the guitar good. They chose him because they were led by the Spirit and they prayed about it, fervently sought God for his leadership and for the direction of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so that's, that's, that's part of who the church is. We are praying people. We seek God. We seek to be led by the Spirit. We don't try to do things on our own. That, that always fails. When you put people into position because that's who you think should be in there because they're good with money or they seem uh, popular in the community, they're respected in the community, those are, those are things that are important, but they're not the things that make the decision. So they actually prayed and cast lots. They did, yeah. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to gamble, yeah. You know they, I mean? they weren't actually gambling, and this no, is a, a little were, bit, they were no, I mean, this is know, before the, the it falls, yeah. So they, they used it as a oh, a confirmation, in the yeah. So, and this is before they were actually um, baptizing the Holy Ghost, too. I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> they had not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, but they were seeking God in His direction. What that was a tool they had to use because they didn't have. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. That, that, because this was before Pentecost. Right. But, like you say, the Spirit could still move on. Move on somebody. Right. And, 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 you know, and the Spirit did move on them. So, But they weren't yet filled with the Holy Ghost. And when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, the, bear, the Spirit bears witness mm -hmm. and gives us confirmations. But, um, that, so, yeah. The field is still out there. You saw it? Well, I've seen it on TV. They showed that, that field where Judas, you know, spilled his blood. Uh-huh. Wow. It's still there. It's, it's still... Is it desolate? Well, it, it's, it's still a field, yeah. Yeah, wow. I was wondering about this. I wonder what happened to that thing. <laughs> anyway, enough of mine. Keep going. Amen. Oh, here comes... There's Benny and Marjorie. There comes Benny and Marjorie. Hello. All right, let's catch up. So um, we're going to pick up in chapter 2, and I read that pretty fast because I wanted to get to where um, 
I feel that the Lord's leading us this morning to really dig in a little bit further. And, okay. So chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. And when the day of, here we go, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. They were all in one accord. We talked about that last week, so I'm not going to talk about being in one accord again. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Was it a, a rushing mighty wind? It was a sound. It was a sound. It was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. Right? I've heard that here before. Yeah. It's an awesome sound. And so he, they, they all heard the sound come from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. The sound filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Were they, was it fire? No, it was like as of fire. It looked like and it appeared. And they all saw it as like like as like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all all 120 people they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to what they began to do they began to speak with other tongues as the holy spirit gave them utterance we're in acts chapter 2 margie could probably tell us exactly where we are Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The Holy Ghost comes, and throughout the Scripture, when you compare Scripture to Scripture, you see that when the Holy Ghost comes and a person is baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, that they begin to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost himself gives utterance. We do not teach people to speak in tongues. Amen? Amen? We do not say, say, yabba, 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 da, 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 da. It doesn't work that way. Amen? Amen? This is a work of the Holy Ghost, not of your flesh. Your flesh surrenders. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's almost hard. It's really hard to put into words. But you let go of yourself, and Holy Ghost moves on you and gives utterance. There are many people give different testimonies of what it feels like. Some people say they can really feel it in their throat. Some people say it's you know different ways, but the Holy Ghost is giving that utterance. He's he's, and people I've seen people slap people in the face, all that stuff. That's not necessary. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we must be led by the Spirit. All right. So then they are. That's that's when the Holy Ghost came in. They all spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Verse five, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven out of every nation. Praise God. Oh, the, going. the wind is blowing again. And I'm going to stop reading right there. And I'm going to go over what I had written down last night. So, as we think about these things, I want to talk to you about the church. Remember, we're talking about we are the church. And this is part two. And who, the who, what, when, where, and why of the church today. What are we supposed to be doing? What is it going to look like? Is it going to be the same as it was last year? No. Just go ahead and prepare yourself. It's not going to be the same. Amen. 
I've been talking to men and women of God all over, and they're all, I'm hearing one thing over and over again. I hear a lot of things over and over again, but one of the things is that it's not going to be the same. Things are not going to be the same. Amen. And I remember the Lord speaking to me when I, I, I thought that things were going to get back to normal in my life about 10 years ago. Oh, well, oh, okay, now I can get back to normal. And the Lord said, you'll never get back to your normal. Things will never be divine normal again. Things will never be the way that we think of normal again because we are supposed to be moved by in the supernatural. Amen? Amen. Things of God are supernatural. They're not normal to this world's standards. Praise God. <laughs> I don't want them to be normal to this world's standards. I don't want to fit into what the world is doing. Amen? It's filthy nastiness out there. I want to be I want to be found pleasing in God's sight. I want to be in the center of his will. And I want to be moved by his spirit. And that is his will for his church, for his bride. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we are to be moved in the realm of the spiritual or in the spiritual realm. And the, the word realm is kind of like a, a, a word for uh, a world, a spiritual world or spiritual realm. So we are to be in the, the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm is the same realm of spiritual warfare. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Is that when we are in the spiritual realm, and you think about like a boxing ring or a big arena, maybe one of those big Roman arenas where they brought in the, the gladiators or you had to fight a lion or something. And in that arena... We're looking at two things today in, in that arena. There are two things, and they are in there at the same time. They're in there at the same time, and those two things are your spiritual vitality or liveliness or, or, or the life and life more abundantly in Christ. That's in there, but in there, right alongside of it, is spiritual warfare. Amen? So when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you, it's, not, it's not that you say, Oh, well, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I'm just going to float around. Nothing's ever going to touch me. Nothing's ever going to bother me. That's all just so wonderful and so good. I wonder what the neighbors are thinking. <laughs> that, that you know, it's, it's not like that. Amen? Anybody floating around? Anybody have struggles? Anybody? You struggle with anything. Of course. Yes, yes. Anybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost, or do, you, do you have a... Um, troubles and trials. Yes. They come, right? How's it say? I didn't promise you a rose garden. I mean, in the rose garden, there's thorns. That's what I always thought when I was a little girl. I heard that song. I was like, there's thorns in the rose garden. <laughs> you know, with it, even every rose has its thorns. I don't know. This. I've heard that, that saying too. You know, you, we have to be careful. Don't think that just because you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost came in, that now you're going to be exempt from everything. That would be us thinking too much of ourselves. Amen? The Holy Ghost is there to lead us and guide us in all righteousness. He doesn't come in and suddenly you are made so righteous and so holy that everything falls before you. Who is the most righteous and holy person you can ever think of? Jesus Christ. Did everything fall in front of him? No. no, he had battles. He had struggles. They tried tempting him. They tried tempting him. They cursed him. They spat on him. They accused him of being a wine bibber, right? A whoremonger. 
They, they accused him of everything that we would be so appalled if someone said that about us. Amen? But God, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. How can they talk about me like that? Right? No. I think of the comforting. Yes. Jesus, how did that, how did that work with Jesus on the story of comforting? The Holy Ghost? Yeah. He was there. Yeah, the Holy Ghost comforted him and led him and guided him. Remember when he was, yeah, the Holy Ghost came when he was baptized. The Holy Ghost came, he said. Right. Right. And he was led up with the Spirit to be tempted. That's what I was about to say. So you got to be ready. You don't just run into temptation. You communicate with God all the time, and the Holy Ghost makes you ready. Mm-hmm. You overcame it. Amen. So he was led, I'm just going to say it again in case it didn't record, but he was saying that the, um, Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit. The Holy, the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And we, so we don't just go running out into the wilderness and say, here I am, I've got the Holy Ghost, bring it. That would be foolishness. Jesus was led up by the Spirit to go, and that's when he was tempted, and he was ready, he was prepared. And he overcame. And we are to we're we can walk in that same power and that same authority. That's his will. Amen. That we walk in that same power and that same authority. But he walked in wisdom. Holy Ghost will never lead you into something that is frivolous or foolish. It might look foolish to the world, but when Holy Ghost is in it, it's perfect, it's holy, it's righteous. Amen. And the power and the authority is there when we're in a walk in obedience. All right, let me see if I can get this together in my Lord, help me. So they're in the same boxing ring, these two things. Your spiritual um, vitality and, is, and also spiritual warfare, right? They're together. So we need to understand that a person being filled with the Holy Ghost and choosing, choosing, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you choose. You have a decision to make. Will I walk and allow Holy Ghost to teach me and lead me and guide me? Or am I just going to speak in tongues once in a while and be satisfied? Right? You have the decision to make. It's how you're going to allow the Holy Ghost to lead you. And that a person who is filled with the Holy Ghost and chooses to grow and to move forward in this, this spiritual uh, life that we have been given in Christ Jesus to be a spirit-led and spirit-filled life, and that we will still face troubles and temptations as Jesus was tempted as well. We don't suddenly become infallible. That is, we don't become unable to sin. Is that right? The Holy Ghost doesn't come in and make you suddenly unable to sin. Why is that? Because God wants you to have a free will. He wants you to be able to say no and to resist. Does he? But the Holy Ghost gives us grace. The Holy Ghost gives us the power to overcome sin. Amen. He gives us the. He leads us and guides us in all truth and all righteousness if we will allow Him. So the Holy Ghost comes in and He empowers us to overcome and He empowers us to even circumvent sin, to be able to go around it, to be able to avoid it if we will allow the Spirit to lead us. We can avoid sickness. Amen. If we will learn to listen to what the Spirit is saying, you might hear the Spirit say, don't touch that doorknob. And you think, 
I got the Holy Ghost. I got the blood of Jesus. I'm going to touch the doorknob. You just were obedient, disobedient to the Spirit. What happens to everything else? That nullifies it. Disobedience nullifies. Amen? It, it cancels it out. Obedience. Obedience solidifies. Obedience keeps the seal. Obedience keeps your protection and your everything is in us walking in obedience to the Spirit. Amen? Just speaking in tongues, just getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, it doesn't stop there. It gets better and better and better when we allow Him to teach us, when we allow Him to guide us. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We will grow in a way in the Holy Ghost and love and the love of Christ that we dare not sin. As a matter of fact, the, the scripture says you don't want to sin anymore. Amen? Those that are in Christ don't sin. That's what the Bible says. Why don't we sin? Why not? Because we love the Lord and we don't have a desire to. What? Because we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's right. He is holy. We should have discernment. That's right. And, the holy, and discernment comes through the Holy Spirit, listening to His voice. Dying out to the flesh. Amen. Dying out to the flesh daily. We crucify our flesh daily. We renew our minds and the and the spirit of our mind daily. Sister, you said because God is holy. And we are to be holy like he is holy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because we want to do the will of the Father. We want to love him with everything that's within us. And the more the more we allow the Spirit to lead us, the less the things of the world are to us. You know, when, when Jesus was tempted, when you, you go back and you read that account of the temptation of Christ, do you think that Jesus thought, hmm, do you think he entertained what Satan was saying to him? Maybe I will throw myself down. I know the angels will catch me. No. He, it wasn't even there. What was there was the Word of God immediately, right there in his mouth. Amen? It was right there, the Word of God to overcome whatever Satan was throwing at him. He came back at him with the Word of God. And it wasn't a delayed response. Holy Ghost was right there. The Word of God was right there. All three right there to bring Amen. forth Amen. victory. Amen? And he is with us. It is Amen? It is written. Amen. Glory. Praise God. Let's, um, if you have your Bible still, if you can turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 12. We're just going to read that real quick. I have no idea how much time I have left now. <laughs> Lord, help us, Jesus. Praise you. Help expedite all of our works today, all the things we have to do. 10 and 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Yeah. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, standeth take heed lest he fall. What does that mean? You think you stand. You need to take heed unless you fall. There hath no temptation, verse 13, taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all, above that you are able, but will the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. The Holy Ghost will show you that way of escape. Amen? He will show you how to circumvent the temptation, how to overcome it, how to be victorious in it. Walking in the Spirit 
And being led by the Spirit is a victorious life. Amen. This is the victory, even our faith, the scripture says. This is the victory, even our faith. Um, I actually have points. This is very unusual. I'll show you. Point one, point two, and point three. We become, this is point two, we become more dependent on the Lord, more in love, more fascinated, and more desiring of his will and his presence when we are led by his spirit. We become, we want to, he changes us from glory to glory. Each encounter we have with him, the more he changes us. Think about that for a minute. Each encounter. Now, the Holy Ghost is in the, the, Holy, the spirit-filled believer, right? But, so, but you have to abase your flesh. You have to get your flesh turned off and get focused in on what the, the Holy Ghost is saying. Spend that time in prayer. Spending time in worship and praise. That we that he can really move on us and change us to what he needs us to be, amen. To show us and reveal to us the things that we need to to see and hear. Sometimes you might just be walking along and you'll hear the spirit say say a little something, but this distraction will come in just like that, just like that. And you say, Lord, what was it? Lord, what was it? And we really need to stop and say, Lord, what was it? If our little kids come running in and they they and you might be in the middle of a conversation and they're saying, "Mommy, mommy, mommy," we're we're almost you know we might say just a minute, but whatever it is, we 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 focus our focus is shifted, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We we stop and we say, "What is it? What you know is the house on fire? Is it you know is Timmy in the well? <laughs> what is it?" And so we need to even more so. Shouldn't we stop everything to hear the voice of God? Amen. Shouldn't we stop washing the dishes or pull off, pull the car off of the side of the road or stop walking through wherever we're walking and just say, Lord, what was it? And stay long enough to hear what he's saying. Stay, press in, get into his presence then because he's calling you aside. It's not, he doesn't always, he's not going to slam you to the floor. Amen. You're just walking through Walmart and suddenly he slams you to the floor. I need your attention. No. <laughs> That'd be nice, huh? If God the Lord would just trip you up. <laughs> but no, He wants He wants obedience, Amen. And He, you, when you hear His voice, stop and listen, stop and take time. We need to prioritize. God is at the top. We always say God's at the top. God is at the center. But when we don't, if if we keep walking and say, "Well, I'll catch up with you later, Lord. I'll be back," is that prioritized? No. No. Lord, help us, Jesus, to recognize your voice and to prioritize you in everything, in all parts of our lives. So point number one, of being after we're filled with the Holy Ghost, is that, that um, we're in that arena. That's the whole picture there. But is that the, the love of Christ gives us um, such a desire not to sin. And then number two, that we become more dependent on the Lord when we are filled with the Holy Ghost. You become more dependent, more dependent. When you fall in love, you become more dependent on that person. You but you want to be around that person more. It's almost like I need to be around that person just so I can feel my heartbeat. You know? Yeah, I just I just need to hear their voice on the other end of the phone. I just need to to like when when my husband would go off, um, he had to go out of state once or twice, and you take their their shirt and put it around the pillow. 
you know, or just, you know, go in there and smell their clothes on the closet. <laughs> you know, you, you need that person. And how much more should we need Christ? Amen? One of, one of my kids, when, oh, I used to travel, one of my kids used to go get my coat. My other kids told me they would go get my coat and they would sleep with my coat at night. I had a, my, like this cool jacket. And they would sleep with that blank, that jacket because it smelled like mama. How much more should we seek the presence of God in his sweet smelling fragrance and his move? We will love him so much and want so much more of him, desire him even more. Number three, last point. Speaking in tongues is not a ticket into heaven. Amen? <laughs> oh, well, that person speaks in tongues all the time. I hear him speaking in tongues. But I see him over there doing this and this. and I, What's going on? The, 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 the Holy Ghost is not salvation in itself. In himself. Amen? This is a big deal. Just because someone speaks in tongues, don't judge that person into thinking that they're going straight to heaven. Just because you saw them get baptized in the Holy Ghost, don't think, oh, well, that's it. The Holy Ghost is the seal, right? But we have to walk in obedience to the very end. Does that make sense? That means we, we are led by His Spirit, and at the end, we're still filled with the Spirit. We're walking in obedience. And when we stand before the Lord, all of our works are laid out before Him. Everything that we did. And He knows whether or not we truly were obedient and endured unto the end. Amen? That's a full, when our salvation is made full, is on that day when we stand before Him. Amen? Amen? It's not on the day you were filled with the Holy Ghost. It's on the day that you stand before Him. And then you hear His voice say, well done. When you hear that, then you'll know your salvation was made complete. It's scripture. Look it up. <laughs> we don't have time right now. All right. So speaking in tongues is the most valuable resource that you can have to intercede and to walk in this life. That's why Jesus said, be ye filled with the Spirit. That's why he told them to go to the upper room and wait. As a church, we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. As a bride of Christ, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be fervently seeking God to be filled with the Holy Ghost and being refilled and filled again and filled again and walking in the in the power and the, and the authority of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Just like that gas tank I was talking about. Keep it full. Keep your tanks full. Speaking in tongues is a most valuable resource. It is essential to our life in Christ that our victorious, that our life is victorious, to our um, victorious life but is not to be mistaken for proof of perfection. Rather, it is proof of God's perfect love and grace towards us. It is his gift to empower us to intercession as a go-between for other people and to intercede for the people of the world, for the nations, for your families. Intercession. Holy Ghost gives us the power to intercede. He gives us the power to effectively I, I lost a word. To effectively wield that sword in warfare. Amen. He gives us the power and the authority that we need to tear down strongholds in spiritual warfare. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, what did the Lord tell us the other day? It's in the worship that the victories are won. When we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we're worshiping. Am I right? 
it's a form of worship. It's part of worship. We're coming into his presence. We're worshiping him. We're praising him. We're giving him glory. We begin to pray and intercede in the spirit. And lots of times you might think, well, I'm just praying in the spirit. And I'm just here to just be. And all of a sudden, the warfare rises up within you. You feel that warrior there. That's the Holy Ghost doing warfare. And he may be doing it on your behalf. He may be doing it on behalf of a loved one. He may be doing it on behalf of someone you don't even know. Amen. We need to be in warfare for our, our loved ones, our families, our nations. Amen. He gives us the power. He gives us the, the authority to, for prayer, for ourselves, for what we don't even know. This Bible says that he gives us um, groanings. Groanings that we, because we don't even know what we, what we have need of. The Holy Ghost knows exactly what we have need of. He knows exactly what's going on in your body. He knows exactly what's going on around in your atmosphere, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your family, in your intimate relationships, in your faraway relationships. He knows every single detail. So when we pray in the Holy Ghost, He gives us a, it's a, a gift of prayer in the Holy Ghost to overcome and to uh, do warfare on those in those things. We might think nobody understands or nobody knows what I'm going through. But the Holy Ghost understands it and knows better than you yourself. Amen. More spiritual blindness. Yes. And he empowers us to overcome everything, every victory is won in worship and that's spirit filled worship. Amen. He is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So we are to cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. And he gives us in the Holy Ghost, he gives us that, that we are able to cast our cares upon him because he cares. Oh, mass. Because he cares for us. Amen. Praise God. So he gives us that. It's a gift. It is the gift of God. He gives us salvation through Christ Jesus. Jesus gives us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need him. Amen. As a church, that's who we are. The spirit-filled, spirit-led body of Christ. That is who the church is. That's who you are. Amen. Praise God. You got anything to add? I don't know, but uh, I would no, say but. that sometimes uh, people can hear from God when they're not quite where they need to be. Because uh, Peter wasn't yet converted, and when Christ asked him, "Who am I?" He said, "You are Christ." And, and he said, "Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." So, I mean, it doesn't. It matters where you're walking to, and you're trying to be converted. He looks on the heart. He sees where you're really headed. He sees the honesty of what you're doing, and you're trying to cast off these things that are like the flesh that you're doing wrong. And walking toward being like Christ. So you can hear from God. A lot of people hear from God. They're not where they need to be. So you can't use that as a, a, as a tool to say that I'm where I need to be. Mm-hmm. you got to continue in God. And get to a place where the Holy Ghost can come in. And lead you and guide you into all truth. Uh, that's what the Holy Ghost does for us. Amen. And uh, I, I talked to a guy in Manuelito. And, and he, uh, he used to be a cop for the Navajo Nation. And uh, he was really, when he got right with God, he had uh, smoking problems and doing different kind of things and drinking problems. And uh, he received the word and immediately the Holy Ghost came in. He never done one of those things again. He didn't go to therapy. 
the Holy Ghost took that away. Yeah. And he, ever since then, he's been walking toward God. Yeah. Ever since then. So it's not matter where you are. My uncle got the Holy Ghost in his prayer closet, praying, talking to God. So this thing don't stop the Holy Ghost from moving just because we can't lay hands on each other. Amen. The Holy Ghost can lay hands on you. Yes. That's what I'm here to say. Amen. Amen. No matter where you are, Holy Ghost is never limited. Amen. He's not limited by walls and, and distance or anything like that. He's not limited by COVID-19, praise God. He's The only thing that limits him is our own free will. So when we surrender our free will to him, man, it's on. Amen? It's on. So praise the Lord. Let's, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn this off so it's not too long. And...